Jack. Jack again. Prescott's Jack. Tell a friend. Guess who's Jack? Guess who's Jack? Guess who's Jack? Guess who's Jack? How about them cowboys? How about Dak Prescott? Wow. What a way to start the NFL season. What a way for the Cowboys to start the season. The question is, can they keep it up? I know all the Cowboy fans are predicting Super Bowl after that win. But not me. Not me. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid just yet. Although, I was very impressed with how Dak Prescott played. But yes, the NFL season is back. So many games to get to. And in this episode, what we're going to do is we're kind of going to go through each game. And I'm going to tell you the winners and losers of each team. Or, or player. We're going to kind of get into that. And also, we're going to kind of get into the whole Antonio Brown saga. And it still continues. The Patriots looked unbeatable this weekend. And they look like they've gotten even better. With the addition of Antonio Brown. Was this a setup? Did he do this on purpose? Chris is going to join me later. And we're going to discuss this whole situation. But for now. Let's go through the games. Let's go through each one of these games. And see. Who are my winners. And who are my losers. For week one. Now remember it's still early. There's still a lot of football to be played. So don't get your hopes up. If you're still undefeated, if you're 1-0. And don't get too down if you're 0-1 unless you're the Miami Dolphins. We'll get to that shortly. Let's start off with the Packers and the Bears last Thursday night. First game of the year. Now... We all knew that the Bears had a really good defense. But we didn't know is that the Packers' defense was going to be good. Now, for those of you that watched that game, it was very sloppy on both sides. Neither team could get anything going. Aaron Rodgers was missing throws. Trubisky was missing throws. Neither team could run the ball. The Bears ran the ball 22 times for only 47 yards. That's only two yards a carry. The Bears rushing. David Montgomery last year was an outstanding back. As a team, they only ran the ball 15 times for only 46 yards, averaging three yards a carry. Now, to me, the biggest takeaway of... This game was how bad Trubisky played. So my winners of this of this game, I'm going to have to say the Packers' defense. Even though 
It was sloppy. It, the whole game was sloppy. And the loser, for me, would have to be Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears' offensive line. There have been questions throughout this offseason. Can Trubisky raise his level up? Can he get next to the next level and take this team further into the playoffs? Here's an interesting stat. He was only sacked 24 times last season. That offensive line carried him and helped him throughout the year. He was sacked five times last Thursday and hurried 20 times. So, to me, the offensive line is just to blame for how ugly this game was. Because both teams didn't play well. Let's also give some blame to the offensive coordinator, to the head coach. Ms. Mitchell Trubisky was 26 of 45, 208 yards, and one interception. The Bears only ran the ball 15 times. That's only three yards a carry, like I said earlier. How do you not run the ball? Now, I understand you're not gaining any yardage, but the only way to tire the defense, the only way to improve your team to get receivers open is, is by running the ball. There were so many games this weekend where I saw teams just abandon the run. and It's sort of what the Cowboys did last year. Um, not so much abandoned run, but became predictable. Teams, sometimes I feel like offensive coordinators overthink themselves and, and try to do, try to stick to the same game plan too much. Try to be too simple. And, and to me, when you're too predictable and when you don't stick to one concept, one thing you're good at, or you don't do anything to help your quarterback out, you're going to lose the game. You could tell the whole night, Trubisky, even Aaron Rodgers, they didn't play well. They were not accurate at all. And at that moment, after halftime, I thought, okay, you know what? Both teams are going to go into the locker rooms. Both teams are going to make some adjustments. The coaches are going to make some adjustments. The Bears are going to start running the ball. We're going to start seeing more play action. None of that. I did not see any of that. Trubisky was just... And, and let's not just blame it all on Trubisky because it's, it, he, he had no time back there. He That offensive line played god-awful. And for him to even be standing and have a chance to win at the end of the night was kind of remarkable. But the one question I do have about Trubisky is, what did he do this offseason to make that next step? He had a chance to win that game, and he didn't. And to me, that's why I'm picking him as a loser. And that bear, that that... That Packers defense, although 
the Bears offense wasn't any good. Let's give credit where it's due. That young defensive line and linebackers played outstanding. That defense had five sacks. Five sacks. And that's a lot, considering it's only game one. Could it be that the Bears offensive line is that bad? We'll see. There's still plenty of season to go. So my winners on this game was the Packers defense, my losers, Mitchell Trubisky, and the Bears O-line. Let's move on to the next game. The Los Angeles Rams versus the Carolina Panthers. The winners to me in this game, the LA Rams offensive line. That offensive line played outstanding. It was amazing to see Jared Goff stand back there having all day to throw the ball. Jared Goff was 23 at 39. Not great numbers, by all means. He didn't have a good day back there. He had 186 yards passing, one touchdown and an interception. But to me, the biggest takeaway in this game for both sides was running the ball. That offensive line for the Rams is really good. And not only did Todd Gurley rush for 97 yards, but Malcolm Brown also rushed for 50 yards, 53 yards on 11 carries. The team itself ran 32 times for 166 yards. That's five yards a, that's five yards a carry, guys. Two touchdowns. Now, the biggest takeaway for me in this game, or the loser in this game, excuse me, I'm going to have to say Cam Newton. This whole offseason, we were wondering, can Cam Newton get back to his old self? Can he get back to being the MVP Cam Newton that we know? And he was questioned this whole weekend after the game, is his arm okay? Can he throw the ball deep? We didn't see many deep balls. In fact, he was 25 of 38, not, not, not great numbers, 239 yards. He did play better than Jared Goff. But Jared Goff didn't have to throw the ball much. They didn't have to throw the ball. They were controlling the clock. They were running all over that Carolina defense. Cam Newton threw the ball pretty well. I would say it was okay. But it wasn't the Cam Newton we're used to seeing. Not the MVP Cam Newton. He only threw for 239 yards. He was 25 or 38. He one interception. No touchdown passed. To me, the biggest, I guess the only biggest takeaway of this game was Christian McCaffrey. That kid is good. 19 carries, 128 yards. That's almost 7 yards a carry. 6.7 yards a carry. Two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey was the story of this game. And so was Todd Gurley. The running game was the story of this game. The biggest question mark that we have is, can Cam Newton get back to the MVP status? And we still haven't seen it. We didn't see it this game. And I don't know if we will ever see it. 
Is he healthy enough? He was criticized this weekend after the game. They kept asking him, can he throw the deep ball? Can he throw the deep ball? After having shoulder surgery, of course you're going to ask that question. Do I think he can throw the deep ball? Of course I do. It's only one game. To me, the biggest question mark, not whether he can throw the deep ball, but whether he can be as accurate as he used to be. Whether he can be that Cam Newton that we saw when he won MVP. So this is why I have him as my loser for week one. And my winner, of course, the Rams offensive line. And I'm going to go ahead and put the, the Carolina Panthers offensive line as well. Both dominated the game. And it was a pretty close game. And, and the Rams ended up winning the game 30-27. to 27. It was a pretty close game. And for the Carolina Panthers to have a chance to win it at the end, um, and Cam just couldn't get it done. He just couldn't drive the ball down down the field. And to me, until he can prove that, we're all going to still have questions on it. And we're still going to have questions to whether he can do it or not. Now, to the biggest game that everybody was looking at, the Tennessee Titans and Cleveland Browns. This was an interesting game because we all, including me, well, not everybody, but a lot of people thought the Browns were going to do really well. And maybe this was a good thing that they got their butts kicked. 43-13 to to Tennessee. The biggest winners in this game were the Tennessee Titans defense. Cameron Wake played an outstanding game. Two and a half sacks. He was a monster. Maybe that's an underrated player that, that they added this year that nobody really talked about. I mean, considering the Dolphins were for sale, this was a big pickup by Tennessee. And it showed. Now, the losers of this game would have to be the entire Cleveland Brown team. What an embarrassment. To play your home opener in front of your home crowd. Big expectations. And to lose 43-13. to To have Marcus Mariota throw three touchdown passes. And to have Derrick Henry run all over them. That's an embarrassment. Now, to me, I don't know if uh, Cleveland gets back from this. It's only week one. So, let's see what happens. On to the next game. The Kansas City Chiefs win 40-26 to in what was a crazy game. And on both sides of the ball, actually. Uh, we all thought that Jacksonville would maybe come back and be that dominant defense that they once were two years ago. Well, that was far from it. Patrick Mahomes it just tore him apart. They just they couldn't stop the ball, and, and it led to Miles Jack eventually getting so frustrated that he gets ejected. When he got ejected, he didn't even want to get off the field. Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the winner of this game. And the loser, the whole entire 
Jacksonville Jaguar team, including the defense. And it sucks because Nick Foles, I feel for him. Got paid his big contract. I believe it was the second or third drive of that game, and he gets hurt. He uh, ends up breaking his left clavicle. Be out six to eight weeks. Now, we'll see if the Jacksonville Jaguars come back from this, but it's going to be hard. I think for them to, to ride the ship, their defense is going to have to play way better. Way better than they did. And let me tell you, Patrick Mahomes looks good. This kid is a real deal. And it sucks because they lost one of their key players in Tyreek Hill. He'll be out for, two, for four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. But to me, I don't think it really matters. Because Patrick Mahomes makes everybody around him better. And they got this nice rookie from Georgia, Michael Hardman. This kid is going to be good. If you have a fantasy team out there, go ahead and see if he's out in the waiver wire. Michael Hardman could be a great waiver pickup. And I think he could end up blowing up, especially this week. Um, with the with the absence of Tyreek Hill, so keep an eye on that. So my winners for this game were definitely the Kansas City Chiefs as a team. They continue to dominate. Patrick Mahomes is amazing, and let's see what happens with the Jaguars. It's a long season. They did lose their starting quarterback, but I think if that defense can get back to the defense they want to be, and and hold teams under 15, 20 points a game, they have a chance to win because they do have a top runner in Leonard Fournette. And they can just, you know, ride the ship until Nick Foles comes back. Now, our next game, I'm not really going to get much into it. Um, although... Will Manta was my special guest uh, on my last episode. And we talked about how the Dolphins might be somewhat competitive. We knew they were going to be bad. But we didn't know they were going to be this bad. They ended up having a fire sale right after I ended up recording that show. And they traded Larmy Tunsil and Kenny Stills and a few other defensive players. And it's gotten so bad after this game that players on the team are reportedly calling their agents asking for a trade. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I do know this. The Dolphins are going, they're probably going to go 0-16. They ended up losing their first game to the Baltimore Ravens. 59 to 10. Fans are frustrated here in Miami. And I can see why. But it looks like they want that number one overall pick. And we can see <laughs> that they're definitely heading in that direction. So for me, 
the losers are the Dolphins organization themselves. And to me, that Baltimore defense and Lamar Jackson are the winners. For anybody that says Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball, you need to go rewatch this game. 324 yards, five touchdowns. He only ran the ball three times. It's funny because after the press after the game in the press conference, he goes, Not bad for a running back, huh? Moving on to the next game. The Minnesota Vikings proved to be dominant on the defensive end. And the Atlanta Falcons looked to be the same old Falcons from last year. Here you just gave Julio Jones a $66 million contract guaranteed. You have weapons on the offense, and you can't even score more than 20 points. So the losers on this side of the ball or on this team are definitely the Falcons. They could not run the ball at all. As a team, they only ran the ball for 73 yards on 17 carries. But let me tell you, this Minnesota rushing game was outstanding. 38 carries for 172 yards. I picked up Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team. People are like, oh, well, he's going to get hurt. He's never healthy. I don't know. He looked pretty damn good. He ran the ball 21 times for 111 yards, and they couldn't tackle him. He just kept running up and down the Atlanta defense. And to me, Atlanta's going to have a big issue this year on stopping the run. So to me, the the losers of this of, of this game to, to be quite frank with you is i'm it's it's hard it's hard to even say is it Matt Ryan or is it the Falcons defense i'm going to give it to both and for Minnesota the biggest winners of this team are Dalvin Cook if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy they can go a pretty long ways. The Buffalo Bills edge the New York Jets 17 to 16. It was a 16 to 3 game in the fourth quarter, and the Jets blew the lead. To me, the biggest winners in this is Josh Allen. After throwing two early interceptions, he came back with 14 unanswered points to end up winning the game. And to me, the biggest loser in this game is none other than Adam Gase. You're winning this ball game 16 to 3 in the fourth quarter. 16 to 3 in the fourth quarter. How the heck do you not run the ball with Le'Veon Bell, one of the best running backs in the league, and you only run the ball 17 times? To me, that's unexcusable. 
You have one of the best running backs in the league, and you're throwing the ball more than 28 times in the game. Jamison Crowder, 14 receptions, 99 yards. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm up 14 points in the fourth quarter. You're damn right I'm giving it to number 26. And you know why? Because I know 26 can handle the load. He did it in Pittsburgh. And during this offseason, he said he wants to touch the ball at least 400 times. Now I know that's unrealistic. But the guy wants the ball. The guy has proven he can handle the load. Adam Gase, you are the loser of this game. The Washington Redskins ended up blowing a 20-7 lead after leading the Philadelphia Eagles at halftime. It, it kind of looked like the Washington Redskins were dominating the first two quarters. And then two minutes left into the game, Carson Wentz drives down the field and scores a touchdown before halftime. That just gave all the momentum to the Eagles. And the winner for me in this game is Carson Wentz. You can tell he was a little rusty, and maybe that's because he didn't play much in the preseason. Carson Wentz had an outstanding game. 28 of 39, 313 yards, and three touchdowns. No interceptions. Um, he got sacked once, so he wasn't hurried. Um, early in the game, he missed a, a few throws, but after he got settled in, after... Uh, the coaches ended up making some adjustments on the offense, uh, throwing the little quick screens to Alshon Jeffries, Zach Ertz. I think Carson Wentz started to settle down and, and played Carson Wentz football. Uh, to me, that's really good to see. He looked healthy. He looked confident. And he looked very dangerous. Uh, ended up scoring the next 32 unanswered points. Um, the Redskins didn't even score until later in that fourth quarter. And uh, to me, it was a little bit too late then. And the Redskins, it looked like they just got gassed. And um, they're still that defense is still really good. Um, it's going to be tested this week with the Cowboys, especially in the running game, and with how well that offensive line played. Uh, it's... That defense, to me, that defensive line is still very good. And if they can go to Washington and handle their business, that'll be good for them. But to me, the losers of this, of this game, of this team, was the defense. The Redskins defense lose, and Carson Wentz, he's my winner in this game. The Indianapolis Colts. And the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers ended up winning 30-24 to 24 in overtime. The Chargers dominated the first half of the game. And it looked like after halftime, the Colts made some adjustments. Marlon Mack started running the ball well. Gave Jacoby Brissett time to pass in the pocket. 
and they scored 18 points between the third and fourth quarter to end up tying the game. I thought Jacoby Brissett played an outstanding game. 21 of 27, two touchdowns. The thing I like about Jacoby Brissett is he continues to take care of the ball. Jacoby Brissett has seven total interceptions in his career in his last three seasons playing in the NFL. To me, that's really good. He might not be a Carson Wentz where he throws it down the field, but if you can protect the ball in this league, you have a chance to win. But to me, in this game, the losers was definitely the Colts' defense. Not that the Los Angeles Chargers had a better defense because Marlon Mack ran 174 yards and uh, allowed more rushing yards than the Colts. I thought that that defense allowed too much run um, for Austin Eckler and and Justin Jackson. Uh, both combined for 125 yards in that game and didn't really allow the Colts to to get that many possessions on, on offense. And when they did, the, the a lot of the uh, Indianapolis Colts receivers dropped the ball. But um, overall, I, I was pretty impressed with the Colts offense. If they continue to keep running the ball with Marlon Mack, I think they'll be in good hands. This, they have a really tough division, and they have a lot of good games that they're going to have to play. And, and for, in order for them to even have a chance in, in the division. And don't count this kid, Jacoby Brissett, out. Although he might not have the arm that everybody thinks he does, I think he'll do good because he doesn't turn the ball over. So to me, the winner, even though they lost, is, is Jacoby Brissett. And, and the losers, to me, is um, it's, it's kind of hard to say because... I wonder about the Chargers' defense. You know, the loss of Jalen Ramsey, it, it, it's, it hurts. And you allowed 174 yards to Marlon Mack. I mean, they basically gassed you guys. And to be able to compete in this division, they're going to have to keep... Uh, they're going to have to improve that defense and and try to stop the Kansas City Chiefs and the rest of that division from running up and down the field on them. The Seattle Seahawks edge a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. In this game, my biggest winners are Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton played a really good game. 35 of 51, 418 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Now, the Seattle Seahawks ended up playing from behind the whole game because I believe the Bengals were up 17 to nothing. Then right before halftime, Russell Wilson did what Russell Wilson does best is get outside the pocket and throw a deep to his favorite target, Tyler Lockett. And at halftime, it ended up being a 17 to 14 game. To me, this was more of a defensive match going back and forth, back and forth. And, Seattle ended up what Seattle does best, especially at their home turf. They never gave up. And to me, the winner here is Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. 
always keeps that team fighting. And I wasn't really impressed with that defense in Seattle. You could kind of tell that they're missing Earl Thomas in the back. Um, even though the Bengals lost, I still have them as somewhat winners, or at least Andy Dalton winner. Um, you can't really give any losing category to either team because both teams played really good. It ended up being that Seattle, you know, being at home, ended up winning that game. And there's a big controversy because I believe when Andy Dalton had the ball under a minute left, he threw or what was supposed to look like a thrown ball ended up being called a fumble. And that's something that we still can't get right, even on replay. What is a fumble? And your arm moving forward? I really don't know anymore. It sucks because it seems like even with replay, we still can't get the calls right. Now, how about Kyler Murray? What a game. My biggest winner, Kyler Murray. He just looked so comfortable in the pocket. The way he commanded the huddle, the way he had the confidence of his of the players, it was like watching a video game out there. The way he handled the ball and the way he handled the team in the second half. And the biggest loser of this game is Matt Patricia. For you not to handle this game or for you to handle the game the way you did, to lose a 24-point lead is unacceptable. It really is. How do you lose this game? 21 unanswered points in the second half, and you only score seven points in the fourth quarter. It's too, that's really unacceptable. But let's give credit to Kyler Murray. He did what he what we were waiting for. What a first overall draft pick should do. Now it's only one game and it's only the Lions. But I was really impressed. We are running a little bit of time. Um, so I'm gonna go through these last couple games rather quickly. The Cowboys Giants game, Cowboys ended up winning 35-17. Now, my biggest winner is Kellen Moore. The way he handled the offense was was really amazing. It, it's what us Cowboy fans have been screaming for the last couple of years. Um, and the biggest loser in this game to me is Pat Shermer. How do you not keep giving the ball to Saquon Barkley? He was dashing us all game. The Cowboys defense had no answers for it. And it was third and one twice. And they decided to play action and not give it to number 26. This is why you're the loser of that game. The San Francisco-Tampa Bay game. That was a little bit more lopsided than it, than it really or it looks. A little bit more lopsided than it really was. It was mostly a defensive game. Both defenses really held tight until the end of the game. And Jameis Winston does what Jameis Winston does. Throw interceptions. 
to me, he I haven't seen anything that that tells me that he's a first overall pick. Um, he still continues to throw crucial interceptions, and if if anything, I would say that San Francisco defense does look a lot better than it did last year. Um, going to the New England and Pittsburgh game. New England looks like they're going to the Super Bowl and nobody's going to be able to handle them. Maybe Kansas City. Um, with the addition of Antonio Brown, that's just going to make them even better. To me, Pittsburgh did not look like they belonged in this league. Uh, New England looked like they just had them the whole night. And to me, unless you can slow down Tom Brady, you need to run the ball. And they did not run the ball. Pittsburgh did not run the ball. You have a good running back in James Conner. And they and they just decided to keep trying to throw the ball with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, the next game between Monday Night Football, Houston and New Orleans. Now, that was an exciting game. We had all these games where there were so many penalties, so many... Uh, turnovers and and watching this game was like, wow, this is the football we like. This is the football we're all talking about. And let's give credit to Deshaun Watson. What an outstanding game he had. He threw the ball with great accuracy, but he time and time again he kept getting hit and. To me, he's not going to last that long in this league. And it's really sad because they try to invest in that offensive line. It doesn't seem to be helping. Now, it's only the first game, and Tunsil hasn't been acclimated to their system um, the whole year. So it's only been a few weeks. So let's see what happens later on. But if he continues to keep getting hit the way he does... I don't know if he's going to make it to the season again. But I tell you what, that kid is tough, hard-nosed football player. And I love seeing that. Uh, he showed me something Monday night, and he continues to do well. And it's hard to hate on that kid. It really is. New Orleans gets lucky and wins 30-28 to 28 with the last-minute field goal, 50 seven-yard field goal, and um, the last game of that night, vintage Oakland Raiders beat the Denver Broncos. And to me, I'm glad they did. They, they brushed off all of that Antonio Brown gossip and drama. Derek Carr looked really good. And you know what? Derek Carr never said anything negative about Antonio Brown. He was a great guy, great person that had a good time during the time in Oakland. Wished him even luck. And to me, that goes to show you what kind of person Derek Carr is. The whole Oakland Raiders team looked really good. Tyrell Williams had a good game. Six catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs had a good game. I thought he ran the ball well considering uh, he didn't get that many carries in Alabama. It was more of a number two back, but that might be a good thing for him. doesn't have that much wear and tear. 
Uh, he looked really confident behind that offensive line, that revamped offensive line, that is. Um, as for the Denver Broncos, they just couldn't protect uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco could have had at least four fumbles. and He just looks so stiff back there. It isn't that mobile. He's a good quarterback when you give him time and you protect him in the pocket. Um, but it's not just all him. The receivers dropped so many balls in the end zone. And to me, that, led, that only led to field goals. And when you can only score field goals and not touchdowns, it's hard to win in the league. So uh, to me, that the receivers were the losers in this game. And I'm going to give the whole Oakland Raiders team, um, I'm going to call them winners because they did, even though they did win the game, they won more than that. They won pride, and hopefully they can move on from this Antonio Brown stuff. Speaking of Antonio Brown, here is my uh, phone interview with uh, my co-host, Chris Euchre, about Antonio Brown. Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, Caesar. All is good. Uh, good to hear from you. And uh, sorry, it's been a while, and uh, it's good to be back on the show. Yeah, man, good to have you back again. And uh, we're kind of excited to uh, to get have football back. How's uh, how's uh, everything going in the Dolphins Stadium? Well, that game Sunday was pretty dreadful, to be honest with you. Uh, the Dolphins, to me, to really be honest, they... They are the worst team in football in the league out of all 32 teams by far. There's no question. They they look like complete trash out there. I hate to be so mean. They, they couldn't do anything. Couldn't block anybody. Couldn't tackle. Neither quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't see how they – I don't think they know the playbook fully yet, either quarterback, Fitzpatrick nor Rosen. Um, the play calling was atrocious. It was just, just an overall bad game. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I would not be surprised, I mean, if the team goes uh, winless, if they go 0-16. I would not be surprised at all if that happens. Yeah, that was my next question. Do you think they're actually going to go 0-16 this year? I, well, I would not be surprised. I, if I had to bet on it, I would say no. I would say they'll at least win one or two games, but I would not be surprised. I think there's more than a 50% chance of them going winless this year. Yeah, and, and it sucks for the fans, especially the season ticket holders over there in Miami. Um, I, I think they should have done this maybe three years ago. And the only thing the Miami fans seem to be asking for what I've been hearing is put in at least a competitive product. We know that you're going to tank, but put something out there where they're at least they're competing. Right, exactly. Give give the fans something so where they could say, okay, it's worth their money. It's worth still being a season ticket holder. I I agree. I mean, you know, if it, if it takes if it takes more extra entertainment, you know, at 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 the stadium, then invest. I don't know. I mean, I know that that might sound far fetched, but you know, again, I mean, you know, do something so that the fans don't get mad, don't get upset question if they want to renew their season ticket next year because again you're right it's all about the fans and the and the season ticket holders especially you know they they spend a lot of money and every single year 
prices go up, everything gets more expensive from parking and everything else. So uh, you got to you got to you got to be fair to to your season ticket holders at least. Especially since the Super Bowl is coming to Miami this year. You know, it's 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 disappointing how football here in Miami is going to be relevant until the Super Bowl. Uh, exactly. No, I it, I mean, and not only that, this is season 100 of the NFL, and all the games are talking about it and promoting it, all these commercials during games on television. You know, this is a big year. And exactly, the fact that, you know, Miami is having the Super Bowl for the 100th season of the NFL, you know, just makes it even more brutal and frustrating to be a Dolphins fan. Well, enough about the Dolphins before you get a heart attack. Uh <laughs> Let's kind of go ahead and talk a little bit about what a crazy last few weeks or even training camp it's been for Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders. As a Dolphins fan, Chris, how upset are you about Antonio Brown going to the Patriots? I I know that you and everybody else that I know Everybody hates the Patriots. They probably hate them more than the Cowboys. I never thought I would say that. Well, where do I begin? I mean, you know, he, he's, he's a very talented receiver, as you and everyone in the football world knows. He probably still is the best, if not for sure top three, if not top two. Um, you know, he's, he's been to many Pro Bowls. You know, he's very successful. You know, great, you know, great receiver, you know, and, and, you know, and I know some guys and I don't know, and of course these analysts on television, maybe they want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know because, you know, they do that with everybody. But, you know, of course, some people say, well, he is a good guy, you know, in real life. And who knows? I'm sure he is a great, a good guy. But at the end of the day, it's like, when is, when is it someone's going to finally, you know, say like, look, you know, not you know maybe not say sob but basically say he's he's you know he's a complete jerk off or, or you know or, or something not so derogatory because at the end of the day you know with everything he's done alone this off season with the Oakland Raiders it's just been it's just been an abomination really I mean just so disrespectful you know no concern for anyone but himself uh, just I mean. I, 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 I mean, to be honest, he makes Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, look like saints. He's been that awful. And I, that, that's so true. And you know what's funny about this whole situation? There's a conspiracy theory out there that he did this on purpose to be with the Patriots. Because I don't know if you remember, that the Patriots ended up asking for a number one draft pick to the Steelers to get Antonio Brown. But the Steelers right. said no because right. they wanted to keep him away from because you know the Steelers and the Patriots they're they're two rivalries. They they don't want Antonio Brown going to the rivalry. Um no, exactly. So I, so I totally understand why they traded him to the Oakland Raiders. But as a Steelers fan or as a Steelers general manager, they they're over there in Pittsburgh they must be, I don't know, they, they could either be laughing at this or they could be really upset about this whole situation because he ends up going to the team 
people that originally wanted to draft him. And well, I would right, and not only that. I mean, I would I would say the Steelers should be super duper upset now. Where it's funny, you make a good point because you know, like uh, you know, before you know, when when the Patriots played the Steelers that opening Sunday or this past Sunday rather, um, you know, uh, he didn't sign with the Patriots yet, or. Yeah, I don't, he did. I don't. I don't think he did. That's right? The no, same I don't day. Think... Yeah, he he signed the same day he was released. Okay, he did. Within, You're right. I'm okay, sorry. he was released that morning at 4 p.m. was when he was about to sign or when he was allowed to sign. He ended up signing at like five or 4:30, five o'clock. So it, it didn't even take less than 30 minutes to an hour for him to sign a contract. I mean, that's just crazy. That's crazy. And so I guess what I would say is because, you know, it's funny because that day in general, just with him alone, is just unbelievable because you go from literally being released from the Raiders and everyone talking about that and people right away saying, oh, yeah, like the Steelers of all people should be laughing, you know, their asses off or whatever and saying, oh, yeah, like Antonio Brown, now he's come from the Raiders. This is what you get. But then he signs with the Patriots, who, by the way, just kicked your butt on Sunday night. I know. And, I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers couldn't even score a freaking touchdown. I mean, it looked, they, that was one of the most atrocious performances I've seen from a Pittsburgh Steelers team in a really long time. Their, de- and, their, I mean, their defense looked awful. And, and how not, – not to get away from the Antonio Brown subject, right? As a Pittsburgh team, you have a really good running back. How how do you not run the ball? How? Well, I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, to, I mean, well, nobody played good. Nobody on that team played good. Ben Roethlisberger struggled a lot. The offensive line couldn't block. Connor, yeah, Connor was was never really able to get open. Even on the times they did give him the ball, he was really never able to get into that much open space and make a big run at all. I mean. It was just an overall bad performance by the by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Either the Pittsburgh Steelers are really bad, or the Patriots are really good, or it's just uh, uh, it's just a game one of week one that you know a lot of these players didn't play we uh, in the preseason, but because um, well, we did see a I lot think... of ugly football during the weekend. Um, we did, except for. Uh, the Monday night game against the Saints and the Texans. That but, was a um, great game. In which it was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. Um, but going back to the Antonio Brown situation, um, waking up this morning, getting a – or what, what was it, this morning or was it yesterday, that he's accused of raping his personal trainer. And I was here – and now – that took place in Miami, apparently, they're saying. Apparently, she lived in Miami, and it happened here in Miami. Um, it's kind of weird how this is now starting to come out. Um, do I believe it? No. What? Do I want to believe it? Because I hate Antonio Brown, or I don't like the acts that he's, you know, doing? As for the girl, no, I, I hope it didn't happen because nobody should ever go through that situation at all. Um, right. So it's, it, to me, 
I, I mean, the good luck to the, the New England Patriots because it's it, talk about the Cowboys always being on the media. It's been nothing but the Patriots these last couple of weeks, and, and oh, yeah. Antonio Brown now. So it's it's going to be like a roller coaster ride from here on out. Right. Yeah. No, you're, I I totally agree. And uh, I I mean, speaking of your Cowboys, they they played a really good game too on Sunday. Yeah, and I thought Dak Prescott went out there and proved to the world, hey, I'm worth between thirty five and thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, no, he definitely he definitely proved that he's you know, this Sunday that he's worth the money. You know, he he played great, you know, he he didn't do it he, I mean he I don't think he I mean he 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 made very little mistakes of course and yeah he yeah he again he he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He he outplayed Ezekiel Elliott even. You know, and I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott didn't deserve his money, but he by far was the player of the game for the Cowboys on Sunday. Oh, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a crazy Sunday. It's been a crazy week of football, Chris. Um, really glad to talk to you again, and uh, we can't wait to have you on the show uh, full time again and get another good show going, perhaps next week. Um, sounds like you're driving home from work, and uh, we hope you get back home safely and. Uh, let let's see where this Antonio Brown situation goes, and uh, let's let's I guess let's just sit down and enjoy the ride. Definitely, for sure. I yeah, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, Caesar, again, it's it's great being on the show again. And uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, next week sounds great. All right, sounds good, Chris. Thanks a lot, Brett. All right, thank you, Caesar. Always enjoy having Chris Uecker on the Big C Show. And, uh, you know, great interesting comments from him on Antonio Brown and what he thinks about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, We totally feel for the fans here in Miami, especially with the Super Bowl coming down to Florida and South Beach. Um, I guess Miami fans, you're going to have to wait till the Super Bowl gets here to to enjoy the season. Before I end the show, I want to take a moment to... Remember our firefighters, our police officers, and the 2,900 victims who passed away on such a tragic day of September 11th. Not only were we all heartbroken, devastated on such a horrific event, but the sports world felt it. We've all felt it. I remember watching every sports team honor America. I remember everybody united as one. Everybody gathered with each other because we knew one terrorist action wasn't going to stop us. Pat Tillman decided to end his career of football to help fight for this country. And I will always remember that. We shall always remember that. Until next time, And one last time, how about them cowboys?